Greetings, Christian Faith Baptist Church disciples, saints of the Most High God. Welcome to another Bible study. Uh, it is so good to uh, continue to study God's word together. Tonight we are in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 8 through 17, uh, actually verses 8 through 20 uh, for tonight. And it's, a, it's a, a delight to be able to study God's word together. We're going to uh, open up in prayer. So let's uh, go ahead and pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, thank you for another opportunity to uh, dive into your word, study to show ourselves approved uh, workmen, work people, that we don't want to be ashamed. We want to rightly divide the word of truth. So speak to our hearts through your spirit and may your word penetrate us as well as open up new revelation to be applied so that we can live a godly life and have an impact in this world by your spirit in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Um, before we go right into the Bible study, as I mentioned, we're in chapter one, verses eight through 17. Uh, I'm in uh, over, overflow mode. And what do I mean by that? We just had a powerful time of prayer. Um, and so I want to uh, just encourage those that can um, from 6.30 to 6.50. Uh, we do have prayer uh, right before Bible study. And so I encourage those who can to uh, join in in prayer. And as we uh, were, were closing, um, well, we had a couple of songs and that was one was uh, in times like these, very powerful, that we need a Savior. We have a Savior in Jesus. But then secondly, um, I couldn't help but think about there's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. Mm -hmm. And I know that it's the spirit of the Lord. Amen. That's the sense that I had as we prayed together, that certainly there was there was, and I would say is, a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. And so let's continue to um, seek the face of God, because when he shows up, as he always does, because he's always here, um, great things happen. Amen. So again, 1 Timothy chapter 1, uh, we'll begin at verse 8. And tonight, I'll just go ahead and um, I'll just go ahead and read the passage of scripture. Beginning at verse eight. Now we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully. Understanding this, that the law is not laid down for the just but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and profane, for those who strike their fathers and mothers, for murderers, the sexually immoral, men who practice homosexuality, enslavers, liars, perjurers, and whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine, in accordance with the gospel of the glory of the blessed God with which I have been entrusted. I thank him who has given me strength, 
Christ Jesus, our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to, the, to his service. Though formerly I was a blasphemer, persecutor, and insolent, and insolent opponent, but I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. But I received mercy for this reason that in me as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. To the king of the ages, immortal and visible, the only God be honor and glory forever and ever, amen. This charge I entrust to you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience. By rejecting this, some have made shipwreck of their faith, among whom are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have handed over to Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. Amen. So there's a, a lot um, to be covered in this section, but just a quick review from last week. Um, as you recall that um, Timothy, um, who, as was mentioned in the very first uh, verse, the first couple of verses, that he was uh, what Paul referred to him as a true son in the faith. And Paul had instructed him to remain in Ephesus, to correct or combat uh, against false teachers. And we talked about how the truth of the gospel should shape our worldview and how we interpret the times, seasons, and events from a biblical lens uh, over against those that uh, promote false doctrine. Um, and, and teach things that are contrary to the word of God. And this is how he, he begins in verse eight. He says, the law is good if one uses it, sorry, uses it lawfully or legitimately. Um, it, it depends how it reads in your translation. Um, so just think about that for a moment. He says the law is good, and we can all agree with that. Um, yeah, but the, the striking part, it says, if one uses it lawfully or legitimately. Um, and remember the context. He's talking about uh, the false teachers. So what is he uh, getting at? What can we gather just from that statement? That the law is good if one uses it lawfully or legitimately. What do you think that he's getting at? Remember the context that he's of combating, combating against um, the false teachers. And so one way we can look at this is not to use the law um, and because, and this is where we have to be discerning, not to use the law to manipulate others 
to believing something that is false. So do not use the law to support false teaching. And one of the things that has been coming up over and over again is the teaching about circumcision. And that yes, circumcision was in the law, but they were using uh, the teaching on circumcision to manipulate and to really put people in bondage. So that's one of the things that they were combating against. What else? Manipulating the law to serve selfish needs, um, to manipulate the law, to hold people down. Let's think about that for a moment, because we're not only talking about the Old Testament laws, but we also have to look at it in ter terms of not only their context, but our own current context. Are there and have there been times that laws have been used? Should I complete the sentence? I will. Are there times when laws have been used to uh, what I'll call illegitimately or to put people in bondage? Oh, yes. Okay, so we have a little his history lesson. So when we look at this particular passage, this is not I don't want us to put our framework only about, yes, the law, the Old Testament, and that is valid. But we also have to look at it in terms of current context, in terms of are there things, and not only uh, from a, a political standpoint, but sometimes are there are not just what I'll call laws, but traditions that put people in a bind. But here he's talking specifically about the law. Uh, anything else there? Just I just want us to open up our, our thinking on how the law can be manipulated. And we talked about earlier is that uh, we need to be able to be engaged and be involved and have our understanding open so that we are not manipulated. Anything else? You mentioned history, Pastor. Go ahead. <laughs> Our own history, cultural history, has taught us that if we're not even aware of what the law really says, uh -oh. it, can be, it can be manipulated to manipulate us out of ignorance, uh, whether it is political law, law on the books, or traditional law. Uh, it can be a Jim Crow law. It can be uh, voting rights laws you know those are the kinds of things i think we can apply this word to and open our eyes and our ears to understand the truth as opposed to what others tell us amen anything else now remember remember the law is good let, let me throw a um i won't say a, a grenade uh, but because we hear the term law and order. Have you ever heard that expression before? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes that expression has been used to either manipulate or kind of as a, a code word or code expression um, and, and used in various ways. And so that's when we say the law is good if it is used lawfully or legitimately. So again, open up our eyes to the things that are going on and things that could 
cause uh, us to be in bondage because of a good word you use because of ignorance, not understanding what the law says and what our rights are and what our, uh, how we are to stand. Anything else? And add hidden agendas to that. <laughs> yes. Um, so this, this is, uh, I mean, so when we look at just our current context, whether it's, you know, the voting rights laws and things could, could change and gerrymandering, all those things, um, you know, there are laws in the books and whether we like how things, lines are drawn, it, there, there, it is a legal process, but it's used sometimes to disenfranchise people. And same thing, sometimes we can use the word of God to disenfranchise people. So I don't want to uh, separate everything out that that's secular and this is sacred. We can see the overlaps when we look at how we are applying God's word. Um, he uses an expression, uh, it's very interesting. He said, the law is not laid down for the just, uh, but for the unjust or for the, and then he has a litany that he goes through from verses nine through 10. And I want to go through, go through it um, almost line by line. So, and it's in the first few are almost like paired off. Um, so the law is not laid down for the just, but for the, the first is for the ungodly and sinners. What does he mean by that? And, and we have to get the, um, kind of think about what Paul has said in other passages and just like we've read in Galatians and, and other, other places where Paul has talked about the purpose of the law. Um, so what's the purpose of the law? And also in Romans, he talks about it. The purpose of the law, I would, and you know, I'll just kind of repeat it, what Paul has said in other passages, I would not have known what sin is had it not been for the law. And that's where we can go back to the law is good. And because of the law, I became aware of what it means to be ungodly, what it means to be an adulterer, what it means to be whatever the list is. So the, that law serves that purpose is to bring an awareness. And so when he says the ungodly and sinners, um, the word of God, the law in this case, what does it point out? It points out that all have done what? Sinned and, and fallen short. And fallen short of the glory of God. Amen? Amen. So that's, that's one thing that the, the law does. It, it points out um, so when somebody says, um, and, and this is, you know, you can say, well, all people are good. Yes, everyone was, is created in the image of God. And there is a, a sense that the image of God is placed in every human being. However, it is also true that all have sin. So there's that element of sin that is that is there that the law um, brings us to be aware of. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, so that 
the law is again not laid down for the just, but for the first ungodly and sinners. So those who do not know the law and who deny the existence of God, these are all the things because the law points to who? God in the <laughs> beginning, what? God created yeah. and there are many who deny that God created the heavens and the earth. Can I get a witness? Amen. <laughs> Oh, uh, and 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 I'm not just I'm not solely talking about those that are not in the church, but there are there are those that you know look at the scriptures in a certain way that well it didn't really mean that and yeah. that we can we can go and we can dive into you know the hermeneutics and all that aspect, but um, just taking it at at face value. The very first, the very opening of the Bible says, in the beginning, God created. When you take that away, then things start to crumble. So it's the law is given for the ungodly and the sinners, those who do not know the Lord, so that they can be aware that there is a God, which we know about. What else? For the unholy and profane. What are, what are that? What's that mean? The unholy and the profane. Those, again, whose lives are not in conformity to the will of God. So, and I've, I've mentioned it before, that when you read through the Old Testament law, now there are a lot of a lot of things in there, but the gist of it is from Leviticus chapter 19, verse 1. Be holy, for I am holy. So if you read through all the laws, what God is pointing to is that I am holy, and I'm giving this to you so that you can learn how and know how um, to live in a way that I have designed um, because I want you to, as my creation, to reflect who I am. And the law has pointed out all of our shortcomings, all of our sins, all of our faults. And that's what Paul is, has been teaching all along that we just, we couldn't measure up and we don't measure up. The law was, uh, in terms of the Levitical law, couldn't do it. So it points our faults. However, the good news is what? By the grace yes. of God, yeah. through Christ Jesus, yeah. we have yeah. new life. Mm -hmm. So the law is not laid down for the just, but for the ungodly and sinners, unholy and profane. Mm -hmm. Profane. Look around us. What is the current climate in our society? Mm -hmm. uh, we had a, uh, well, some would call him president. <clears throat> who, initiated, <laughs> who initiated the, the travesty of January 6th. Yes. Uh, under the pretense that, you know, what he believed was true. 
and it's kind of a, a kind of a tyrant who, who control the minds of people with lies, with untruths, mm. um, to bring about his own personal agenda. And I believe in some of the study I've done that there were very similar people back in the day who had yes. selfish motives, who um, were teaching uh, superficial things or things that were not true, but selfish gain, glorifying themselves and not glorifying God, not based on faith in God or Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Because remember, this is a warning against false teachers. So yeah, keep going. I, I don't, I don't want to just focus on history lesson. However, just the uh, earlier uh, this week, I, I like to every once in a while review the uh, Declaration of Independence mm. coming up on this week as we're leading into uh, 4th of July and we kind of reviewed on Sunday a little bit of the Emancipation Proclamation. This is all part of we as Americans. But as I read through, reread through the Declaration of Independence, one of the lines in there that is used about, he has incited insurrection. And as soon as I read that, I was like, he, it was not talking about 2020 or 2021. It was talking about 1776, King George III, but some of the same language is used. And other part of there, and I'm sorry, I'm going off on a tangent, but, uh, and then another, he, he has appointed judges that, you know, so I was like, oh, Amen. this is, so yeah. what does the Bible say about nothing new? Under the sun. Under the, the sun. So as we read, as we look, live in our current context and we kind of see what's going on, we have to be aware of the things that are going to, for the ungodly and the sinners, mm -hmm. unholy and profane. But it doesn't stop there. This list is in some sense over those who strike or murder their father and Mother. So, depending on depending on your translation, it may read a little bit different. But um, as you as you read through it, and it kind of struck me because again, this is uh, we looked at earlier about some of the contemporary issues of of those who are profane, those who strike or murder their father and mo mother. Um, and I couldn't help but thinking about, and I did not realize this until I was you know, really diving in, that this month, June, uh, is what's called, is one of the um, awarenesses, is June is Elder Abuse Awareness Month. June is Elder Abuse Awareness Month. And so when he says those who strike, murder their father and mother, um, you know, to, to get to that very extreme part, there had to be some abuse leading up to that. There, so when we think about how the word of God speaks to us and even directs, acts, addresses issues that are going on. And let me just read, um, let me see if I wrote down the 
I don't think I put down the website that I got this from. So let me just read this. Um, June is Elder Abuse Awareness Month. Uh, Elder Abuse Awareness Day is June 15th, so it's already been passed. Uh, and let me, let me read this. Elder abuse is a largely hidden and growing problem in the United States. It is defined by law as an act of act or a mission which results in a serious physical or emotional injury to an elderly person or financial exploitation of an elderly person. And it, and it goes on. And so, um, and that happens in, in various ways. How does that happen? How do people prey on the, the elderly? What kind of abuse is going on? Talk to me, because we need to be aware. So how are, how are the elderly abused, mistreated, taken advantage of today? Sometimes it's, I'm sorry, go ahead. Nursing home abuse. Okay. So some of the, um, I'm sorry, go ahead. Family members abuse. Okay. So it could be family members, could be institutions that we're uh, depending and trusting. Um, so no, even, no, we, we cannot make excuses. You know, COVID has struck the um, medical and the caretaking uh, personnel that there is a lack, but that does not excuse the way that some elder, elderly are being treated. What else? Scammers. Scammers. Personals gain uh, respect, not gain respect, uh, confidence in uh, someone just to abuse them. Yeah. Taking like, advantage yeah. of them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and the reason why I bring that up because, you know, not only, you know, in our own congregation, but there are others and that we need to be praying for and aware of. And how can we help educate sometimes? How can we be listening um, and have an awareness that if we hear of things or as the common expression is, if you see something, do something, do something or say something. So these are things that as we read the word of God, it enlightens us to say, you know what? Um, maybe I have turned a blind eye, but these are the things that are, are going on because we do have an aging population. And I think some a few of you mentioned scammers. Mm-hmm. Um, and because there's a, especially those that are older, there's a sense of, I want to do the right thing. So if somebody mm-hmm. says you owe them $75, mm-hmm. you're going to go into your purse, your checkbook, your wallet, and say, I, I, I don't want this to happen. Um, so they, they end up giving their account or something. They use fear, manipulation. And so it's a constant thing that we have to be reminded of. So uh, let's keep our eyes and ears open because this is uh, a, a problem in the United States, again, around the world, but in particular. So we have to be aware of that. And pastor, um, even in uh, Jesus's time, he um, rebuked the people about uh, Corbin, which was, yes. you know, instead of um, taking care of your parents and giving them what they were justly due, um, 
you say, well, this is dedicated to the Lord. And so they didn't have to give it to the parents. And it was Amen. just scamming <laughs> their own parents. <laughs> mm -hmm. mm. Um, related to the law that's in direct violation of one of the Ten Commandments. Honor thy father and, thy, and mother. thy mother. Yeah, and as I read various commentaries, one of the things that it noted that um, these this list kind of goes along with the, kind of the second half of the Ten Commandments that really direct uh, how we treat one another. Um, murderers and manslay manslayers thou shalt not kill um, so, um and how and and again not only you know we can look at it from the physical standpoint but again that hatred amen yes that is welling up in our society um like you know various forms right. of hatred um that tears people down because as uh Deacon Hicks just mentioned what she talked about came right from the Sermon of the Mount, which also talks about, you know, if, if we can hate not just by physically harming somebody, but even the words that come out of our, our mouth. So um, that's very real. So murdering, tearing somebody down, um, letting that goes on to sexually, Im sexual immorality um, and, and it's kind of interesting there because one of the words that is used when it comes in the Bible, it talks about sexual immorality in the New Testament anyway, is the Greek word porneia, which is where we get our word pornography from. So it's all, all various forms. And usually we think about pornography as either written or uh, on the internet, but it's, it's really addressing sexual Im immorality of all types um and so there is what's called soft porn um as well as you know there's just a whole lot of things that are out there um and it's also interesting in terms of uh, addressing issues because it goes to sexual immorality and then it really hones in on one in particular homosexuality or in some translations it says sodomites um those who uh, practice uh, homosexuality and this particular sexual sin is uh, singled out um, and so this is a a big contemporary issue and so uh, let's let's pause there for a moment because this is something that um, you know we we deal with every single day so um, that's one of the um, things that Paul is talking about to Timothy to warn against and make sure that they are not involved in um, sexual immorality and in this particular case, homosexuality. So let's let's stay there for a moment. What what are your thoughts? Uh, R. Kelly got thirty years today. Uh, I didn't I didn't even hear that. So. Yeah. So there's, I mean, mm, I mm. Mm. so yeah, I mean, God has, you know, God has spoken and what he desires for his people, for his, um, and how, where he, he stands in terms of, uh, 
what sexual sexual morality is as opposed to sexual immorality as he defines there in that first cha first chapter. Next, he goes on to enslavers. Mm -hmm. Sex trafficking. Who said that? Who said sex trafficking? I did. <laughs> Okay, you must have you must have read my notes. Mm -hmm. So we have some contemporary mm -hmm. issues that that although it's not the word sex uh, trafficking right. or human trafficking rather human trafficking. or uh, elder abuse is not stated, we see how the word of God speaks to multiple issues. And so let, let me just read this on uh, human trafficking. Um, and, and let me just throw this out there and I'll just leave it alone. Evidently, um, early in our history, this, this section must have been left out of the early church because it's one of the sins that's identified. Amen? All right, I'm going to leave it alone. Let me read this quote, also known as slavers, human trafficking, also known as human as modern slavery. Human trafficking is the illegal trade in human beings through recruitment, abduction, or by means of force. And listen to this, women and girls are disproportionately affected by human, human trafficking accounting for 71% of all victims. And so this is a current crisis in our society where people are being trafficked. Uh, the most, probably most recent, I wish I could remember her name, Jeff Epstein's, the person that worked, I can't remember her name, that worked Maxwell. along. What's her name? Eastman Maxwell. Yes. And so she was just, so, this is a contemporary issue. And these are the things that God is going to hold accountable. Um, and so this is very real. So uh, human trafficking. And so we, again, just like we've all probably seen the commercials, if you see something, say something and be uh, concerned about this particular issue, that this is a, an area where we can have an impact. So then it goes down on liars, perjurers. Did y'all hear that? Perjurers. We're going through multiple cases now where people are being held accountable to what they accountable for perjury. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right now. Right now. So tell me God's word is not relevant. It is. And then it, it's what well, I'll say the last part. Uh, this is and all this was in verses nine and 10. And the catch all is whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine. So you may go through this, somebody go through, well, I don't see my particular sin is not listed. And <laughs> now there's a catch all. Whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine. Yeah. And, and this is uh, really statement is con is countering the false teacher, false teachers repeating again 
The gospel is the centrality of Christ, the resurrection, salvation by grace through faith. And as we talked last week, love that flows from a pure heart, good conscience, and faith. And so, and, and it's all based on the word of God. That last part says, according to what? The glorious gospel, which is the word of God. The preeminence of the word of God. The, and, the, and I like how he said it, the glorious gospel, as opposed to the false teachings who have vain discussions and all that genealogies. Uh, but the word of God is glorious because it's life changing. Once the word gets in you, we are led from glory to glory and we continue to be a reflection of Christ according to the glorious gospel and the nexus of the blessed God, blessed God. And that's very important because Paul is making the case again against false teachers who are coming up with their own stuff. He's letting me know this is this gospel is given by God. It's not of human origin. Mm -hmm. This is a revelation of God to humanity of his grace, love, and mercy. In other words, Paul is saying, look, I'm not making this up. This has been given by God, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, of whom I have been, I am a steward, or as we would say, a charge to keep, I have. Um, <laughs> who said that and a god to glorify yes mm -hmm. so that's that's um in this particular section as we went through that list it talks about the law and we saw how we need to have that awareness as we're reading through the scripture how does this really uh how does this affect our worldview what are the issues that i can apply this to to today and then the next part of that where, where, and especially where he says, of whom I've been given a steward, so I have a responsibility. So again, if you see something, say something, or perhaps God is leading you to be working in one of those areas of ministry, serving those with organizations that may be um, helping victims of elder abuse or victims of human tra trafficking. And you probably heard the uh, the news of what happened in San Antonio, mm -hmm. of the multiple, what a sad case. And we have to have that compassion um, of what is going on around us. We'll stop there. I know we have a few minutes left, uh, but there's a lot to cover in verses 12 through 17. Mm -hmm. And rather than trying to start and is it okay if we end a little bit early? Is anybody gonna complain? Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I know we have about another three or four minutes, but I'm gonna stop rather than trying to uh, race through verses 12 through 17. Um, In three minutes? Um, yeah, no. we, that's not gonna that's not gonna happen. So we'll we'll stop there. Um, just praise God for His word. And I, again, I pray that. Uh, you know, the word of God would 
really take root in our lives and look at the word of, as we read the word of God, not only look at it from a historical context or just words on a page, how can it filter in our lives? Um, and as I've heard this expression before, you know, the, the Bible in one hand and a newspaper in the other, or Bible in one hand and the news feed in another. And how do we how do we interject and God, what are you saying to us? Does is this, is your word relevant? And I'll answer that for you. Yes, it is. And how do we apply it? And how do we move forward as we look at these? contemporary issues. So Lord willing, next week, um, I see Reverend Krepsack in the house. So Reverend Krepsack will lead us uh, next week, beginning at verse 12, and we'll go from verses 12 through 20. Amen? Amen. 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 I pray this lesson tonight has been a blessing to you. Continue to uh, just dive into the word of God and let it uh, inform who we are and who we are becoming in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless. We're getting ready to pray. Uh, and we'll take any prayer requests or praise reports. Pastor, I would, I'm sorry. Go 